Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. of Podcast Network, but not from Heads of Studios. Welcome to Mother Folklore, the Quarantine Sessions, a podcast about staying safely apart from each other. I am Dara O'Shea. I'm Padre Quivonic. It's Misha Emer Duffy. Hey, get on, Emer. Mind yourself. I'm good, Derek. How are you? I'm doing okay. But my children are asleep and my wife is downstairs watching the um, Real Housewives of some American city. That's, so that's my favourite iteration of that series. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine what, what the Real Housewives of Dublin would be like? Did they not? Did they not do something like that? They tried. I'm, I'm almost certain they tried. I'm I'm almost certain they they have yes, tried this. They, they did. It was had, a few years ago. They had Flatley's ex in it, the one who's with that the celebrity solicitor. Oh yeah, Lisa Murphy, who's with Gerald, who was with Gerald Keane. It was called. It was called Dublin Wives, previously uh, Dublin Housewives. And it was broadcast on TV3 and it followed the lives of five housewives living in the city uh, and introduced viewers to their lifestyles, families and homes. Well. <laughs> I'm going to pretend that like Patter didn't Google that and he just knew it off by heart anyway because he was a big fan. Sure, it isn't on Google. You can't get that kind of show on the Google. But yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I'm sure Pater did just actually know it because Pater knows a lot because he went to Maynooth. Yeah, that's exactly why I know so much about crappy television. <laughs> I mean, look, I can, like, same. I know an awful lot about shite TV and I also went to Maynooth. So, I mean, correlation, causation, I don't know. Hard to say. But um, speaking of, I mean, well, that's, that's bad TV, but there is some good TV at the moment. There is a show that you might have heard of. I think it's quite good. Not I, all TV. Not hashtag, not all telly. But there's a show that I, I like. <laughs> you mightn't have heard of it yet. It's, it's a small Irish production. It's called Normal People. And I have definitely never heard of this before. <laughs> Tell me what it's about, Derek. Well, it's about um, some young people in a college and they are looking sad and doing right and Sounds nice. Yeah. It's a real college experience. Mm, Yeah, I did a lot of looking sad in college. (laughs) (laughs) For various reasons. Yes, indeed. But it is set in the hallowed um, 
Gao cobblestones of Trinity College for the most part. There are some scenes in Italy and in Sweden and in Sligo and all sorts around. And everyone's talking about this. The Kardashians are talking about it. Katy Perry is talking about it. It has really connected. Uh, we have meant, we did mention it a little bit passing in last week's episode. But I thought, you know, this is the biggest Irish uh, transfer of Irish culture to the rest of the world in recent times. And it would be remiss of us not to consider it and the, the what what legacy it is in Ireland it is part of. Which, Imer, you've read this book before it became a celebrated television show. I have read the book, but what I absolutely love about the fact that normal people has just taken off is the fact that like the Kardashians are watching it. Mm-hmm. Which, like, okay, all well and good. Oh my god, the Kardashians are watching it. Like. You've got a young lad from Sligo working in Centra, sharing a twin room in Dublin, and they're talking about like the Debs. Like this is such an alien concept to probably the richest family in the world, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, this is great TV." I don't know about that. Now you you got to bear in mind where Kim and Kanye went on their honeymoon, like awfully. Like I I genuinely think they crave the banal middle of the road Irish experience. Mm, Just give, I don't me, know. give me Ireland, but don't give me anything special. <laughs> it's, um, I think though there's, there's an. Do you argument. think uh, Kim's new clothing line is going to involve like the GAA shorts? <laughs> yes, definitely. I think I can see that being. The thing about um, GAA gear is it it's great crossover stuff, and, and that like Lasserina has grown out of her Dublin top, uh, her Dublin jersey, and now Ark can wear it. And just a year or so ago, I believe there was um, there was a, some street uh, street fashion photographers in the Harajuku district in Tokyo, where the kids put a lot of attention into their appearance. So it was one of those fashionable cities in the world, fashion conscious cities in the world. And there was a young fellow wearing chinos with um, a, a vintage throwback Ireland jersey from when they were sponsored by Aircom. Oh, with the aircom. Yes, I remember that. Yes, and it was, and he was a unreal, very cool looking young fella. And he thought this is obviously where where you go to, you know, mix and match your styles. I mean, like, you know, if it looks good, it looks good. You know, absolutely. That I remember a, that it was class. It was a two thousand and two World Cup kit. Oh, that that's yeah. why. Oh, that's yeah. why he w- it would have been in a secondhand shop over there. Exactly, because they would have been selling shit tons of them in Japan back then. Yeah, that was Ryoki, a seventeen-year-old student. It. Yeah, uh, white socks, a pair of black leather loafers from Ralph Lauren, <laughs> and rounded out with a green Umbro soccer jersey. Tanya, yeah. I love that. <laughs> you can look just as just as at home in like in, in fur house as in Arajuku. Yeah, <laughs> I just know. Here, I just right. with the white socks and the and the Ralph Lauren chinos. Yeah, it was a few years ago, and I've never felt as cheated in my life. Right, so it was the Kerry Mayo All Ireland final, mm-hmm. and I mean, obviously, look, I was rooting for Mayo. Like, I really want them to win, Sam. But being from Kerry, I only had a Kerry jersey. And it was a Sunday, so I was up in the big tree in Drumcondra watching the match because that's what coaches do. And I had just gone to the bar, so I was separated from my friends. And as I was walking back, I spotted like two people in the Kerry jersey and they were like the only people in Kerry jerseys in the pub. And I was like, oh my God, are you from Kerry? And they were like, yeah, we are. And then I was like, what part are you from? And they were like, uh, (laughs) 
And I was like, oh, hey, that's weird. And then I was talking to them a little bit more because obviously when you see someone from your area, you're like, oh my God, I have to know you. Do you know such and then such? eventually, yeah, eventually anyway, they both stopped and they were like, actually, no, we're not from Trilly at all. We're from Dublin. We just <laughs> like, their cousin or someone works in the O'Neill's factory. So they like borrowed the jerseys. Classic. <laughs> Iconic. I, uh... I was disgusted. I have only owned a Dublin jersey once and uh, I wore it to a match that we lost to Armagh and then I went and got very drunk in James Gills around the corner from Croke Park and ended up swapping it for an Armagh jersey with Big John number one on the back. Mm. So, so, for, so for quite a significant period of time the only GAA jersey I had in my house was Big John's Armagh jersey with a number one on the back. It wasn't even a goalkeeper's jersey. Like, you know, just the... It was, shockingly discontinuous like you know just it was it was just an orange Armand jersey with Big John on the back I wore the shit out of that jersey what second hand shop like what second hand shop in what corner of the world can you put that in and then have it appear in some fashion magazine (laughs) in like two years time (laughs) here we see Ryoki who's 17 years old wearing an orange O'Neill's jersey that says Big John on the back (laughs) you know Big John number one if we could get Ryoki on the show, that would be 2020 made for me. <laughs> you kind of set yourself up to fail there. No, I challenge accepted. <laughs> challenge accepted. Right. Lads, I thought we were supposed to be talking about normal people, not the we lad are. in Japan that wore the <laughs> who's, who's Aircom jersey. Definitely not a normal person. Definitely not. Way too okay. good looking. Way too good No. Looking. So anyway, we're going to have a Skims crossover with O'Neill's in the next 12 months. Yes, I think it. Look, I think it's it's going to be it's going to be basically what happened to hush puppies in the late nineties. Suddenly, this thing that was seen as not very fashionable becomes a hit in secondhand shops, and suddenly it becomes sensational. And it all just happens with there is a tipping point moment, and it gets kicked off now. I know the last thing you want right now is another digression, but what the yeah. fuck was the tipping point moment for hush puppies? Basically, it's the opening in the opening introduction of the book, The Tipping Point, Malcolm Gladwell uses the fact that Hush Puppy shoes became back, back in fashion in Williamsburg because um, oh, people hipsters. live in ironic fashion hipsters, sense. Hipsters, yeah, hipsters, yeah, the answer is always hipsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Someone's got to lead these things. But anyway, normal people, as I touched a lot of registers, Emer, you actually read the book, and Sally Rooney is a hugely popular writer with a very mobilized and engaged fan base. Do, what were your feelings when you are reading the book? Yes. Um, so I read the book maybe 12 months ago, if not more. Mm. Um, I'm kind of of a vintage where I'm still technically kind of sort of fresh out of college. Mm-hmm. Like wouldn't be applying for graduate job roles, but still drinking cheap, cheap cans. Yes like that kind of middle of the road area. And as I was reading it, all I could think of was this is a book written about the exact people you can't fucking stand on campus. Because <laughs> mm. you've hype. got the rich young one whose parents have set her up with free accommodation. And then you've got the young fella that plays GA and thinks he's God. Yeah. And their friends. And it just... Yeah, well, I mean, like, look, are they friends? Are they not? It 
spoiler alert, like they're both. Um, <laughs> and then they're neither. Do they do they do they both go to the same do they both go to the same college? They went to the same secondary school and then they went to the same university. Yeah, so they go to the same university. I know they went to the same secondary school. I know they're from the same town. But surely the point of going away to college is that you can ride people that are not from the same parish and or potentially gene pool as you. Oh, but like, come on now. They were absolutely not from the same gene pool. Like, Connell's ma is the soundest woman in the world (laughs) and would be in no way related to Marianne's family. It's family are pretty, pretty chilly. And, but so you're, you, you, and you've watched the adaptation now since reading the book. And I think possibly, would you agree that maybe some of the acting has made some of the, some of the execution of the book has actually made it, made those distances clearer? I think that the book really accurately sums up Irish experiences in both secondary school and university like I don't think there's any other written text out there that kind of accurately depicts both as well as normal people does Mm. and then it was really really well adapted to the TV program Um, it's not like you know the um, what is it in Harry Potter where you know Dumbledore allegedly asks calmly did Harry put his name in the Goblet of Fire um, that kind of running joke for the last fucking 10 years since they released that film. <laughs> um, it has been really, really well adapted. Um, and I don't think the the TV series lacks anything um, that the book has. And I don't think it, um, it adds anything that the book doesn't have either. I think it's really well done and it's really well cast. Um, is, is Connell really supposed to be that rowdy? I mean, he probably is. Like, he's a young fella from the West and he plays a lot of GA. Yeah, but, but I mean, wears like, a gold cha- oh, wears a chain. The, like, I mean, you know. Paul Maskell. You're Paul. always going to have a soft spot for them. Paul Maskell. He gave he me a want. Paul Maskell okay. is a sound man and also a, a, a long-time follower of the Irish Four on Twitter. That's e- even, even more reason to like I probably shouldn't admit this. <laughs> I probably should not admit this on this podcast, but... Me and Paul Meskel are the same age. I've lived in the same village that he's from for the past seven years. We've probably shifted. Ah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, like so, at some point so, or another. So if he has ever a podcast about if famous he has people, ever we've probably set foot shifted. in Mantra. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I'm one of the Gardiners That's exactly what I was going to say. You've, you've 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 left left her in the dust with her with her Westmeath man. <laughs> Uh, hopefully he has more sense than to set foot in mantra. I know. Lucky. I mean, look, 2013 was a different time. <laughs> it certainly was. <laughs> uh, so normal people, you could probably class it, even though parts of it are set back in school and parts of it are set in the hometown and, you know, parts of it are set inexplicably in Centra. You could probably class it as a campus novel. I, I'd say you definitely can't qualify. Excuse as, me, I read an article the last day about the filming locations and apparently some of the bits that they're fobbing off as Trinity are St. Pat's. In Minute? No, St. Pat's and Drunkandra. Oh, St. Pat's and Drunkandra. Not interested. That's, mm-hmm. that's extraordinary because when they were filming Circle of Friends, they passed off some of UC, some of Trinity as UCD. Like they were, Circle of Friends is set in UCD, but, they, some of the, but it was set pre-Belfield. And so, ah, so, so when UCD was, was, was in the National Council Hall. 
Yes, basically, in the in the nineteen sixties, when Don O'Malley was minister, he as well as um, as well as bringing in the free secondary education, he wanted to break the 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 what's, what's the sectarian education system, third level education system, and basically turn UC turn the UCD and Trinity into a single university with a multi-college university like Oxford that this and that this the entire city centre of Dublin would be basically would be like the city centre of Oxford just kind of dominated by the colleges full of punts well a but but his old enemy um, Archbishop McQuaid was dead against it dead 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 against it he just about allowed O'Malley to um, to bring in free secondary education which he was also dead against because they liked the idea that, that this was their gift to bright children, that they would basically they would deign to give scholarships to bright poor children who would then owe the church for the rest of their lives. The Catholic or, Church, yeah, the Catholic Church for the rest of their lives, and also that that getting into Trinity, they wanted that to be conditional for poor children, to be conditional from like the bishop allowing you to. So the last thing they wanted was people getting notions, basically. Yeah, so God, the, the, John Charles McQuaid would not have liked a young boy like Connell, who was good at the old Gaelic football and, and did a few shifts down the centre. He would not like him going above his station and going to a place like Trinity College. Well, here's the thing. He would have been fine with it if he said, you're going to Trinity College, but you're going to stay with my friends, the Cluxtons. And the Cluxtons were an opus day. So he's living there. He is under the watchful eye. And after three or four, after four or five years of the degree, he comes out a doctor or a dentist who has a very strong view. Uh, which is aligned with with, with, uh, with Cardinal McQuaid's view, ah. and this was this was the pattern for a very long time. The, and this is one of the reasons why you had people of a certain view entering senior roles in hospital management and the courts. Ah, because of the Catholic Church controlling mm. their access to education. Exactly. How did how did Joyce get in? Considering he was such a cynical bastard. But he got went to UCD. It was a, get, get, going to UCD is no is, is no biggie because it's a Catholic college. And back in ah. those days, it was much more. I mean, UCD as a college, and during Joyce's time and Clonard Bryant's time, he probably would have uh, had the, the problem. There is, you would have had it would have been you would have had priests and a lot of faculties, and there would have been a bit more um, clerical oversight. But the kinds of priests who become philosophy lecturers, they 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 they're not the die in the wool kind of um, like seven day earth creation types they like they like comfort they like talking about ideas they're they're very different from the cardinal and from a lot of the uh the book thumpers the bible thumpers who would have interviewed did you get all did you get all that from joyce's campus novel um portrait well, of the artist yes and this is the thing and normal people is up up until very recently the if you ask someone what the classic Trinity campus novel was, they would say The Gingerman by J.P. Dunleavy. Dangerfield took a late morning bus to Dublin, sat up the topside in front, clicking the teeth. Out there at the mud flats and that windy golf course, North Bull Island shimmering in the sun, cost money to leave Marion, vulgar blood in her somewhere, maybe from the mother. Mother's father kept a shop, bad blood leaks out, I know it leaks out. And I ought to get out. One way on the boat. She doesn't have the nerve for divorce. I know her too well for that. Never gave me a lousy chance to explain the account. Let her rot out there. I don't care. Got to face the facts of this life. The facts. The facts. Could square things with her. 
she's good with the cheese dishes. Few days without food will weaken her. Maybe I'll come back with a tin of peaches and cream. She's always airing the house, opening up the windows at every little fart. Tells me she never farts. At least mine come out with a bang. Fairview Park looks like a wet, mouldy blanket. Feel a little better. O'Keefe broke a toilet bowl in that house. Fell into it when he was trying to sneak a look behind a woman's medicine chest. Long-suffering O'Keefe, bent over tomes in the National Library, studying Irish and dreaming of seduction. Amien Street Station, Dangerfield stepping down from the bus, crossing and using the ostrich step up to Talbot Street. My God, I think I see prostitutes with squinting eyes and toothless mouths. Don't relish a trip up an alley with one without wearing impenetrable armour, and there is no armour at all in Dublin. I asked one how much it was, and she said I had an evil mind. Invited her for a drink, and she said the American sailors were rough and beat her up in the backs of taxicabs, and told her to take a bath. She said she liked chewing gum, and when she had a few drinks, she got frightfully crude. I was shocked. Asked me how big it was. I almost slapped her in the face. With it. Provocation, I calls it. And told her to confess. Dublin has more than a hundred churches. I bought a map and counted them. Must be a nice thing to have faith. But I think a pot of gold labelled run from the barrel in the house of the Aspidistress. Settle the nerves. No time to be nervous now. With youth on my side, I'm still a young man in the late twenties, although the Lord knows I've been through some trying times. A lot of people tell you, caution you. Now, young man, don't get married without money, without a good job, without a degree. E E E. They are right. Uh, it is a book. It is so so famous a book. Dorothy Parker says the funniest book she ever read. And she's a very funny lady. And then there's even a, a bar near Trinity named after it. Or is, oh, actually, is, the, book named, is the book named after the book, the bar? I thought the bar was named after the book. Which bar is it? The Ginger Man. Oh, the, no, that's named after Don Levy's book. Yeah, I'm glad to hear it. Oh, Don Levy's but, book is older. Yeah, yeah, it's it's from like, yeah, the, the 50s, I think, I do believe. Uh, possibly that but yeah but that that up until very recently and it was well loved book but it um it arguably now from, from now until the next bright young thing comes along the trinity campus novel will almost certainly be normal people mm. and this makes you think i was then i asked twitter a few weeks ago what is you know what are the great campus novels for the different universities and i think and one of the reasons it came up, I went to UCD, and while UCD has a number of campus novels, they're all pre-Belfield. Belfield coming in around in the early 70s, I think we're at the 50th anniversary of Belfield, the Belfield campus this year, even though it had happened in drips and drabs. Um, an odd place, but Circle well, of Friends. I, I, may, I may lose um, us a lot of followers for saying this, but no, Belfield, no, no. Belfield doesn't strike me as the most poetically inspiring of campuses at the best of times there's i agree with you there no like it's like it's grand belfield is grand it's a perfectly functional campus it i I spent four years in belfield doing a three-year degree 
three year degree and a master's. Just just in case you thought I repeated. Go ahead I repeated. Forbid. I repeated. Okay. There's nothing fucking wrong with repeating. <laughs> There's nothing wrong. You get to get to enjoy college life a bit more. So it was 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 that not like a uh, student union sabbatical? No, I thought. No, no, no. I did second year twice. The second time, I actually remember. Ah, I see. Yeah, and I see. To the, the old passion, fashion extended to a different kind of passion. Uh, passion for recreational drug use, like yeah, possibly. Uh, we can cut <laughs> I was referring to to you know doing you the bell to, thing. You were referring to riding. Yeah, I know. Yes. I know. To so doing a normal people on it. <laughs> normal people, which is apparently full of riding. It is. Oh, it's so full of riding. Is there riding in Circle of Friends? There is. As a matter of fact, and there's even the, um, so Circle of Friends, and Maeve Benchy, who I had the pleasure of meeting once, uh, she's no longer with us, uh, amazing woman. Those two, those two incidents are not related. Yes, but there's, but basically she wrote the, this campus novel and she, like, it was widely said, I think, it was widely said when, during, I suppose, during her lifetime that there was two Maeve Benchies. There was Maeve Benchy, the viciously hilarious columnist in the Irish Times and probably very similar to it's hard to think of any one person she's like but her she was very she was sharply funny with a great observational wit and people thought well her she's like that as a columnist where her books are you know uh, a little bit sappier or sugarier but it seems that it, in the past few years just as certain people have gotten cancelled other other kinder creators have been, have been are being reassessed as being great and one of those is Maeve Benchy along with Fleetwood Mac is being reevaluated as not no longer uncool but actually quite wonderful and right before COVID there was going to be a gate theatre production of, of The Circle of Friends in Dublin City which unfortunately got COVIDed mm. have, you, have you read the book? Have you read Circle I, of Friends? I have not read the book I've seen the no, film several the films, times The film is gank The film the, is Absolutely terrible. I wouldn't go that far. I haven't read or watched either. The (laughs) film has got, not only does it have bad, um, bad Irish accents to bait the band, Mm -hmm. but it also commits terrible crimes to the noble game of rugby. Like it's the scenes, the sports scenes in it are terrible. What's it's That's the one. It is the one with Chris O'Donnell, isn't it? Yeah. Chris O'Donnell is playing rugby. A bad actor. And I know, I know that's a bit beyond the beyond. Like, he was a good Robin in Batman Forever. I can't even finish that sentence with a straight face. Sorry, no, 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 terrible. He he was actually just, I, I, he's one of those people. I I don't think he would have, um, stood a chance nowadays. And that he just, yeah, he was just an awful actor. Everything he did, he just had so little kind of, uh, for confidence. And there was never a point where, like, yeah, and he, I think, yeah, he just drifted into all these roles and he, he was completely unable for. And yeah, but a bit, big thing like that, whereas I think that, uh, I think Minnie Driver did very well for herself. Um, Aidan Gillen and Alan Cumming, before they were famous, were in it. Oh, was, was famous actor Aidan Gillen in it? Famous and talented actor Aidan Gillen before he was, I'm not, that may have even been before Queer as Folk, actually. Was he in Queer as Folk as well? Oh, was he? yeah, that, that, that was his big break. All right. Oh, I thought he just sprung up fully formed around Portobello one time as the most amazing actor in the whole world. And this is, of course, a reference to the amazingly talented Michael Fry. <laughs> um, so I haven't, like, I, I haven't read Circle of Friends, but I have read the reviews of Circle of Friends on Amazon. 
which That's is one of my one of my favorite things to do. And I am, of course, referring to the one star reviews. Um, <laughs> this is just absolutely brilliant. Um, uh, not my sort of book. Too simplistic in style. Uh, mm-hmm. There you go. There they are. Uh, here's one from Sarah who gives it one star because Amazon sent her book a month late. <laughs> so thanks a million. I bet Maeve Binchy fucking appreciates that. Uh, unbelievably dated, inconsequential tale of friendships, completely lacking punch or subtlety. All right. There you are. Ouch. That's Sally. And that this, is my, this is my favorite one. My favorite one of them all. One star from Doreen in the UK. This is a verified purchase. She bought the book. One star just started reading it. This is why verified oh. purchases don't make a drive. <laughs> Don't leave a fucking review, Doreen, <laughs> until you're finished. This is... I... I, 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 I right. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> Can you, what's the book like? I don't know. I haven't started it. So it's shit. But it's shite. Yeah. <laughs> but you get this stuff and you see this sometimes in, you know, people like... There's a there's an online book club that I'm in. It's, associate, it's part of a social media network who donate any free advertising for me. And people will take a photo of a book saying, I just bought this. Should I read it? Should I bother reading it? I was like, oh, when you, you just bought it, we're going to eat it. No, I was going to put it on my bookshelf so I'd look clever. And yes. This yeah, is... people will think that I've read it mm-hmm. and then I'll look really smart. <laughs> but like some people, like they decorate their bookshelves according to color. So they just want a couple of books with red spines next to a couple of books with, with blue spines. Ooh, that sounds like something. I, I mean, get do. a life like. <laughs> oh, books are great. It's, yeah, I, I agree. So, the Circle of Friends. Uh, yes, it, it hinges on the the adventures of a woman from Wicklow who has to go up to Dublin. She'd like to move up with her friends, but she basically is up on, up goes up on the bus and back. And is and whereas other people in Dublin, she you know they they have a different experience college than she does, and the tension between her new life in university versus her um, old life at home. This is a recurring theme in the campus novel. Yes, it is. Very strong in normal people as well, actually, now that you mention it. Mm-hmm. There you are. There you are. Sally Rooney pulling from the greats. Just part of the same literary herb. So this is that, that's one of the recurring things. But before Circle of Friends, no, this is the thing, because there's some people who think that the classic UCD novel Circle of Friends, there's others, others who think it is either Portrait of the Artist by Mr. Joyce, or at swim, two birds by a flower Brian, both of which I have... would say that it would be portrait of the artist. Yeah. Tundish. Well, no, that is interesting. The question you asked me a moment ago seems to me more interesting. What is that beauty which the artist struggles to express from lumps of earth? Said Stephen coldly. The little words seem to have turned a rapier point on his sensitiveness against this courteous and vigilant foe. He felt with a smart of dejection that the man to whom he was speaking was a countryman of Ben Jonson. He thought, the language in which we are speaking is his before it is mine. How different are the words home, Christ, ale, master, on his lips and on mine. I cannot speak or write these words without unrest of spirit. His language, so familiar and so foreign, will always be for me an acquired speech. I have not made or accepted its words. My voice holds them at bay. My soul frets in the shadow of his language. I'm, I'm going to say it's Portrait of the Artist. I, like, I think saying that 
um, at Swim Two Birds is a campus novel is kind of unfair because that presupposes that it's about something, mm-hmm. and it's not. That's the joy of it. Yes, it's. I think it's, it has a portion, and there's a certain that there is a studentiness to the humor, but to parts of it. But and but it is it, like yeah, it is. It, it does not fit the, con- the conventional. This is this feels a lot like the Die Hard Christmas movie argument. You know, it's, but Die Hard it, is a Christmas movie, though. But this is the thing. Whereas, so then is is that some two birds a campus novel it does it how do you, does it meet the minimum 35 percent of, of presence on the campus like does, <laughs> it does, would, would it be a campus novel if it repeated in the autumn mm. i think mm. i think we should consider it a campus novel so i can read out these amazing reviews of at swim two birds um this is brilliant um uh, from 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 somebody in the UK, verified purchase. I don't know where the author was going with this. I don't often give up on books, but I didn't get past page twenty six. Wish I hadn't wasted my money. Twenty six pages, and yet I am still going to give this a review because I know where this is going. Um, oh, this is a this is a beaut. This is an absolute beaut. Another UK reader. This is my <laughs> first try at reading a Flann O'Brien book. Even though I was ready to persevere if I needed, I found it just too hard work. Give me Roddy Doyle anytime. Oh, burn! Oh, yeah. Ouch! There you go. Yeah. Um, that one's a stinker. Uh, yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's a that's a bodying there. Uh, poor Flan. Uh, who's one from Mrs. K? Uh, oh, another UK reader uh, for some reason. Uh, one star. What on earth was that about? Oh, two people found this review helpful. That's that's good. <laughs> uh, one star. Do they did they figure out what it was about? <laughs> one star. Uh, avoid this Irish crap. Um, <laughs> Was tricked into also it by, by a UK reader. Yes, no, hundred percent. Yes, UK reader, hot lips. Uh, was tricked into it by favourable comments. Classic, my arse. And this is my my favourite one from uh, Captain Surname, um, a verified purchase. One star. Why did I bother with this? You know, I don't know. I just we we don't know because we don't know anything about Captain Surname. I mean, we don't know anything about Captain other than that he leaves cranky reviews of books that he bought. I mean, I quite like his attitude, like one star, why did I bother with this? Because that could be applicable to anything. Like, anything you do in life, you look at it and you're like, oh, why did I bother with this? Like, That'd be, that'd be my, uh, my review of college. Like, you know, one star, why did I bother with this? I was just going to say, yeah. <laughs> Might put a little gold star now on my, uh, my degree there up on the wall. Yeah, just one though. Just one. Just one. Because why did I bother with this? Description of my uncle. Red-faced, bead-eyed, ball-bellied, fleshy about the shoulders, with long swinging arms, giving ape-like effect to gait, large moustache, holder of Guinness clerkship, the third class. I do, I replied. He put the point of his fork into the interior of his mouth and withdrew it again, chewing in a coarse manner. Quality of rasher in use in household. Inferior, one and two the pound. Well, Faith, he said, I never see you at it. I never see you at your studies at all. I work in my bedroom, I answered. Whether in or out, I always kept the door of my bedroom locked. This made my movements a matter of some secrecy, 
and enabled me to spend an inclement day in bed without disturbing my uncle's assumption that I had gone to the college to attend to my studies. A contemplative life has always been suitable to my disposition. I was accustomed to stretch myself for many hours upon my bed, thinking and smoking there. I rarely undressed, and my inexpensive suit was not the better for the use I gave it, but I found that a brisk application with the coarse brush before going out would redeem it somewhat, without quite dispelling the curious bedroom smell which clung to my person and which was frequently the subject of humorous or other comment on the part of my friends and acquaintances. Aren't you very fond of your bedroom now, my uncle continued. Why don't you study in the dining room here, where the ink is, and where there's a good bookcase for your books? Boys but you make a great secret about your studies. My bedroom is quiet, convenient, and I have my books there. I prefer to work in my bedroom, I answered. My bedroom was small and indifferently lighted, but it contained most of the things that I deemed essential for my existence. My bed, a chair which was rarely used, a table and washstand. The washstand had a ledge upon which I had arranged a number of books. Each of them was generally recognised as indispensable to all who aspired to an appreciation of the nature of contemporary literature, and my small collection contained works ranging from those of Mr Joyce to the widely read books of Mr A Huxley, the eminent English writer. I don't want to be unfair, so we are also going to deal with the one-star reviews of Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man. Oh, let's hear these. Yeah. Um, oh, let's hear these. Um, uh, this is from uh, JB in the United States. One star, too tiny, didn't realise it was so small. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> also very applicable to a lot of things yeah. other than this book. That that you experience in college. Um, this is from Diary Keeper, also in the US. Couldn't read, too dry. Right. Okay, that's, that's, that's good. Um, was, 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 part was... of it, like, <laughs> I cracked up reading that book because it's so funny. And like, it's Portrait? not supposed yeah. to be funny, but yeah. It's good. Like, it's not written as a comedic novel, but it's fucking gas. Yeah. There's a lot of, of, funny, of funny stuff in there. And it's, you know, there's a lot of dark, dark humor in the passages about going to hell. And then there's observational stuff at school, you know, about do you kiss your mother when you prefer at night? And so, look, and if you say you do, you're, you're, you're in trouble. If you say you don't, you're in trouble. Oh, yeah. So the un- unwinnableness of kind of, of, of the tyranny of banter. It's, oh, the- yeah. The Banter Panthers, they will never give you peace. They'll never give you peace. And they've always been around. Uh, one star, uh, not a great read. Read it so you know what people are talking about when it is referenced. Otherwise, not a great read. Um, and this is my favourite uh, all-time review on Amazon. Uh, verified purchase from the US. One star, no. <laughs> Just no. <laughs> Just Also no. very applicable. <laughs> To the greater to the greater life experience than just this book. Yeah, I read I read I read Portrait of the Artist when I was living in Salzburg because I was just dying to read something in a language that I understood and went into a book a bookshop in uh, the middle of the city and the only English language book they had that wasn't uh, a tour guide to like you know a guidebook to Austria was. Um, Portrait of the Artist, so I read it and actually really enjoyed it. Had a had a ball reading it. It was very, very, very good. Excellent. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it four stars. Yes. 
I mean, I bought it in, where did I buy it? I bought it in Galway. I had the day off and I'd never been to Galway. So I was like, do you know what? Going to go to Galway on my day off and didn't even plan what I was going to do. I was like, I literally Googled things to do in Galway. And at that time of year, most of the Google responses were go to Clare. Um, <laughs> so instead I went to, because apparently everything happens in Clare. Um, so instead I went into whatever bookshop was there and I had pizza in the Dobros and then I went home. But I bought the portrait of the artist and I cracked up reading it. I loved it. Yeah, I think it's really it's it's an enjoyable book. Like I think it's a sort of a it's it's easy Joyce. Like it's it's not Ulysses, but you could see he was getting to that. So it's digestible. Uh, you mm-hmm. won't you won't feel like an absolute eejit reading it. Like you will understand what's going on. Yeah, and it is enjoyable for that. Like yeah, like it's not a challenge. Like it's not it's not an achievement to say you've read Portrait of the Artist as a young man. Like you're not duty bound to tell strangers on the bus that you've read Portrait of the Artist as a young man when you've read Portrait of the Artist as a young man. It's not. It's it's not like it's not like completing Joyce. There's no sense of achievement to it. Like. It's just fun. Just read it. It's like level one, Joyce. There you are. Level one, Joyce. Level one, Joyce is double nice. Anyway, Emer mentioned Galway there. That she was going to Galway. And that yes. she was told there's nothing to do but go to Clare. But <laughs> there is something else you can do in Galway. You can read a campus novel set in the college there. And when you're doing so, you might even pick up a few words. Ask Elga. Ah, you're talking about Lake Shinagahu. Lake Shinagahu. So, so to, to be fair, Lake Shinagahu is set in uh, Balia on Khashel, or the English translation, Lead Us Into Temptation, is set in Bali Castle. It's a very thinly veiled version of Galway. Ah. It's very obviously, it's, it's like um, City of Bohan. Uh, it's it's just it's very obviously a major city on the west coast of Ireland. Oh, it's Galway, like yeah, grand. It's a novel by Brandon O'Hare, um, and like the the title Lake Shinagahu or Lead Us Into Temptation is obviously a reference to the Our Father, the the Lord's Prayer. Um, it's it's actually it's a really really good book. It's a really really good book. Mortina Malod is uh, a rake and a about a pub crawling university student with disreputable friends. And the story takes over takes place over a four day binge, as Ireland is declaring itself a republic and withdrawing from the Commonwealth. And there's actually lovely little bits of juxtaposition between like the life of the student compared to these big major seismic political events that are happening, um, around him. So yeah, I th- I think it's actually it's it's a really really good novel. I was supposed to read it for college and kind of just drag my way through it like I, it would be fair to say i skimmed it uh and yeah it was the first you ever read the first page the last page and a page in the middle and then that was it sort Did of just that in pick, college? picked out a few key sentences to throw into an essay like that was that was more or less it. because when you read like the the intro the conclusion and just a random page in the middle you can kind of bluff that you read it yeah you know what happens at the start yeah. you know what happens at the end you know something that happens in the middle it, interesting exactly. enough. Exactly. Job done. Yeah, Lake Shinagahu was the first Irish language bestseller in uh, in the history of the state, as in to top the brand new hardback bestseller list. It was the first one to be number one among new books. Um, I was yes. number one. Wow. That's yeah, amazing. number one bestselling book. 
Uh, and that was before it was that was when it was brand new, well before it it, it got onto the uh, the syllabus for Irish language courses in college. This is before we wrap up, I've got to say, I mean, uh, where where is the Manus novel? Look, it's on uh, its way. I'm finding it really difficult to get the writing time at the moment. You know, <laughs> that's why Derek is only usually the best selling author on this podcast. Like for now, like my and Tatter were up and coming. We got the novel yeah, on the works. That's it. We're gonna we're gonna write a chapter each. It's gonna be a real existential trip through the uh, the hellscape that is Maynooth on a Monday night. It's all gonna be set. It's all gonna be set in on one night in Mantra in 2013. Oh. It's going to be called When Emer Met Paul. Yeah. And the. Names which, changed for legal reasons. We didn't change the names, Emer. Hmm. I mean, if you yeah, say. Yeah, but if names we say changed, we changed the names. Ah, genius. Paul Mescal like, won't. Who's going to know? Won't know it's about him. Yes. Mm. Brilliant. Exactly. Because the name has been changed. Oh, we can get really graphic Allegedly. then. We can get really graphic. We can have oh. you grabbing him by the chain and everything. What will happen? Because the name has allegedly been changed. Oh. He'll read the he'll read it and say this this is really funny because this is but this is obviously set in Manus when I was there. This character is obviously based to my friend. This Mick. is really relatable. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And it's gonna it's Emer's gonna get the flashback then. She's gonna realize that she saw Paul, but she actually shifted Mick. <gasps> Terrible. Uh, and Mick does not play Ga. No, he, he only pretends he plays Ga. He's always got an injury. Oh, an injury. I can't play this season. I've got an injury. Oh, there's the did his ACL. Yeah. Oh, nasty. The, nasty. the internal nasty. politics of the selection board. <laughs> yeah, that's his dad got in a fight with someone in 1981, and now he can't he can't play county. They had a disagreement over the land. I also like the internal politics of the selection board being like the gals in the night out. Oh, oh. I like it. Okay, well, yeah. Emer. I know this started slightly yeah. in jest, but we are writing this novel. I mean, now that I've just like, uh, this could happen. <laughs> yeah. Like, we might actually manage it. We are going to be the next Sally Rooney or Maeve Binchy. We're going to be better than that ham, Joyce. We're <laughs> going to be the next James Joyce. We're going to be Absolutely. better than him. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Probably. We'll, make, we'll make write better. the fucker in English. Or Irish, God given damn. this is a, a podcast yeah, about words, Irish and Irish words. We're not going to be the next Brendan O'Hare. He was actually brilliant. I see. So before we wrap up. I mean, the, not with that attitude. Oh, damn it. Well, he wrote very, very fine, very fine prose. But all the Irish for a university, old school, it's like monster school or because old Pandora is, is, is a giant panda. Yeah, and all as, as, a, as a prefix normally means big or monstery, isn't it? Or, or super. Or mm-hmm. super. Yeah, yeah, it can mean super as well. Like a, a version of Superman would be all R. All R. All R. Yeah, as in far, but all R. Um, so old school, it kind of I mean, of if you stick like, a father in there, he could also be like Point Man. <gasps> yes, he could. Oh, oh, that's our second novel. All R. Yes. Yeah, yes. Um, Love it. Brilliant. And that's where we break into the challenging Irish language market. But old school Woo-hoo. basically means the mega school. The mega school. Yeah. It's like totally to savage. Yeah. yeah. It's toots. It's toots McGoat savage like. It certainly is. And you can have some serious horseplay there. But <laughs> until then. Absolutely sending it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I found that old clip recently. I was uh, I was looking for something else. And I found it, and I I completely overlooked you. I think he must have been referring to someone on his rugby team who was actually the year below him because he was talking about that the next year of rock yeah. boys need to maintain this tradition, and they won't be able to this year they because of be the COVID. To. I know it's sad, isn't it? No so, Kosamui no Cup twenty twenty tradition. Yeah, that's it. You don't well, do one year traditions. We are sending them our condolences. <laughs> Absolutely. Send are the absolutely. Love, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Mind yourselves, lads. So anyway, until the next time we were waiting for a return to some sort of physical normalcy. Obviously, there's um things will never be quite at the the won't be the normal people we were. But um in the meantime, we will await the great Manuth novel. And until then, it's a slant for me. It's a slant for me. Mind yourselves. Hey, hey, gang. What's the crack? Wasn't that a great episode? We don't know yet. Yeah, you can tell (laughs) us. You can say. You can both say. Wait until until they let us know if it was great, Derek. They will. Yeah. I trust. I, I trust our <laughs> listeners. So I trust our listeners so much so that I'm prepared to let them in and let them know that we are we and the Motherfuckler team have set up a Patreon. You can find Motherfuckler on Patreon, and the link is in the. It's going to be in the show notes, and it's going to be on the account. It's what we want to do is we're going to start being. We're going to produce a little bit extra content uh, for people who are able to support the continued production of this show. Yeah. We'll still for be putting our, for our special friends. You get extras. Our super Derek special friends is setting up a podcast sweatshop. Yeah, it's true. I've we're got, going to be churning out sweat podcasts to bait the band. So in addition to bonus content, we are going to, something that has been requested a number of times has been that we produce kind of episode glossaries of Irish words and Hiberno-English words we use, things that people mightn't understand how we mean. We're going to be doing that, obviously, with over 127 episodes in the back catalogue. It'll take some time, but we'll be releasing them um, on the on the Patreon feed as, as a growing scale. That'll be, that'll be something that'll be available to Patreon subscribers. They will also be... Pre- providing discount codes for certain um, Irish language related products, such as Ooh. prints by our amazing artist, Kirsten Shield. So do join, join us for some of that. We would be delighted to see you there and we will absolutely make it the best value Patreon subscription on Irish podcasting. It's going to be great. Woohoo. Until then, you can contact us at motherfuckerheadstuff.org. We thank Brian for producing us. We thank... Kirsten for doing the art. I thank Emer and Patter for joining me today. Thank Headstuff for their support. And mind yourselves, check in on your family. Stay wash well. your fucking hands. Wash them. Give them a good wash in between the fingers as well. Night. Bye. Slon. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Oh my God, I just realized, you know, the way like Kirsten always does like show art that's relevant to like what we've talked about. I'm going to stop recording now.